Dan, I have put some serious thought into this, and I think we should change the name of our podcast. Really? Wait, where is this coming from? I just think, I don't know, the Woodhounds is selling us short, man. We are much more than that. Really? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I know where you're going, but let's hear it. I, I think we should be calling ourselves the milestones podcast. Oh, I know where you're going with this now. Yes. In fact, that wouldn't be a bad name. Yeah. The milestones podcast, Dan, we've hit our second major milestone, uh, pretty darn close together from when we posted our 100th download. Yeah, it's back our one hundred. Yeah, our one hundredth episode. I mean, now we've hit another milestone, Dan. Right. We we had the one hundredth episode, and yep. then the next week we hit the one hundred thousandth download. Yeah. How about that? Wow. <laughs> that is so. When you look at podcasts, that's some serious statistics. Um, when I first started looking at podcasting the first thing they tell you is do not um, look at your podcast numbers in relation to other social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and stuff. They said like, you know, the views that you get on YouTube, that's got nothing to do as a barometer for your downloads in a podcast. Correct. Yep. It's not, not relevant at all. It's completely different, different set of everything. Yeah. The number of, because podcasts is a long-term commitment for a person who downloads to listen, and the engagement level is is deeper, and they always say, you know, don't judge your podcast against, like, a YouTube video. Right. It's it's all, but it, it's still, I mean, not, we're not, I'm not, I hope you're not trying to take away from the fact that, hey, 100,000 downloads, man, that is something. No, well, I'm thinking like, you know, when you think of 100,000 downloads versus how many views you can get on a YouTube channel, yeah, you know, 100,000 doesn't sound like a lot. But if you look at it in the podcast universe, that's it's major league. I, I can't remember the exact number, but I know I read somewhere that like, I think it was like 98% of all podcasts average like only less than a hundred downloads a month. Uh-huh. Something like yeah. that. I could be wrong. Well, I, yeah, I remember you were the first one to put me onto this. Now it's all coming back to me. You had, you'd ran some numbers <laughs> and you had determined that we were within like the top 10% of all podcasts globally, just yes. based on our monthly downloads. Yep. Yeah. So here we are yet another milestone set. My goodness. 100,000 downloads. Oh, well. And by the time this comes out, it'll be maybe 101,000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for our next milestone for the $100,000 <laughs> a month <laughs> income generated by a podcast that, uh, you know, it's just a cash cow for us, Dan. That milestone uh, may never happen. We'll be what waiting. Color, what color Maserati do you want, Dan? Um, well, I think maybe blue to go along with your pink one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a blue one for the weekends, so I have to, I need a different color one for the week for weekdays. 
Yeah, uh, we need. I I've always said when Maserati comes out with a firewood delivery vehicle, I will be the first in line. Really? <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll have my I'll have my hand out faster than anyone. <laughs> I will be anxiously awaiting to see that. Yes. All right. Well, Dan, let's uh, let's first let's thank everyone for um, tuning in, downloading the Woodhounds podcast. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. My name is Joe, and if you don't know, I am a YouTube personality known as Ohio Woodburner. And sitting across from me is Dan from Back Forty Firewood, also YouTube channel, social yeah, media. And yeah, social media. So I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook, but you're also on TikTok and uh, other all over. Uh, yeah, uh, others that I've never even heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you also have you got a pretty robust website too uh, for your social media empire. Uh, yes, I find it. I find it impressive. My my. Uh, website ohiowoodburner.com is mostly geared towards my firewood business right uh, but yeah but you uh don't have to deal with that because you are not a business in firewood right they have a term for guys like you i just it's slipping my mind right now um is it enthusiast no no uh -uh. Um, it's like you have <laughs> I was going to say, it's like you have a hobby and yeah. it's kind of like something that you do that brings you joy and, <laughs> and there's a term out there. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, I, okay. I am not, a, I don't have a business website, but yes, I am uh, just a hobbyist. Yes. I, uh, I admire you though, Dan. And even though I have a full-blown firewood delivery service, I believe and I, I did a video on this recently where people, you know, they, people look to me for advice, which I would caution them, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, what was that bumper sticker? Don't follow me. I'm lost, you know, and I get a lot of questions. And the one thing, the one recommendation I put out there to people is that if you're starting, if you're wanting, I said, this was mostly for firewood, but I think it's good for anything. If you're really wanting to get into business, start studying all the other businesses out there in the area that you're looking at getting into and see everything that they do and, and study everything that they do and then do the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, that is the, that is the key to success. I think, you know, business, I think it should be an expression of you and your pursuit of being exceptional, being the great um, innovator in your, in your industry, no matter what it is. For me, it was firewood. But the one thing I do is I still, I'll look at what other people are doing. When I was a softball coach, I would look at what other teams were doing because I felt if I found a team that was doing something that was innovative or different, I would steal it <laughs> and I would try to do it even better than they did, you know. But here in this case, uh, I am trying to improve my professional operation and I can turn and look at a person who has a hobby of doing firewood in their backyard. And so when I was looking at putting a carport, a roof over top of my firewood processor, who do you think I looked to, Dan? Do you have a hint? Do you have a um, guess? Hmm. Who was someone Anyone that, that recently did that within the past year? 
and he may not be a professional. This uh, his firewood could be a hobby. That's I wonder yeah, who I, I looked at. Yeah, and and wasn't it like the building was a little off square and not really? Yeah, I think I know. Oh, you're talking about the number one hobbyist here in Wisconsin, Back Forty <laughs> Firewood. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about you, and trust me. I watched that because that I, I kind of felt that a carport was in my future and I watched you and I, I watched you what you were doing when it was built, but I mostly watched you after it was built. And the one thing that you had said is that you will never, ever do anything like this again. If, if you ever had to put a carport together, you would pay someone to do it. It was that miserable of an experience for you. <laughs> yes, it was. It's it's not that I will never have another carport. If I do, I will not be putting it together, or putting it, <laughs> or assembling it, and putting it up, and putting the roofing on, and getting everything plumb and square and put together. Yeah, I will definitely the next time hire that part out. Yeah, in which this case I did. The company I bought it off of, that was part of the deal, was they would put it up for me. But you said the magic words, plum and square. <laughs> that <laughs> is the terms. name of the game, man. <laughs> yep. Anytime you're constructing a structure, <laughs> those are two key elements to have. You were up there putting up those, uh, roof, those sheets of steel for your roof. And you're like, wow, this is going great until you got <laughs> to the other end of it. And it was off by about four inches. <laughs> yeah, and, and the very first one was off by like an eighth of an inch. Like it, it didn't take hardly anything to be off. And then it just, you know, multiplied each, each sheet right. after that. <laughs> yeah. I watched these guys put mine up and it, I mean, it went together like an erector set. You know, some I had when I was a little boy and just. I guess that's because they knew what they were doing. I was laughing when uh, they showed up before I got there. I had the gate open for them. And I know when they showed up and I know what time I got there. And when I got there, they already had all of the trusses assembled and laid out on the ground. And they had all the joints screwed together. And I was laughing because if I were the one putting this together, I would have still been looking you know, for my half inch socket <laughs> and wondering, you yep. know, why my battery's dead on my drill. <laughs> and didn't you say that your stop was the third one they were putting together that day? Yeah, it was a third one. They Jeez. finished it in darkness and it, and it poured rain too. Wow. These guys, they just live on the road. That's what they do. Yeah. See if, if, and that just, I mean, if, if you had someone like that, that had put these together before, like if I would go out there and 10 more of these carports up, I, I'm sure my 11th one would be a heck of a lot better than my first one. So having that sure. experience is just key. Yeah. Just key. But Dan, I'm looking at these carports here, and I don't want this episode to be about carports, but really more about improvements. Um, I guess, you know, an, a, an accountant would call this a capital improvement of your yard. Because in business, you would want these kind of improvements to bring some kind of return to where it makes you more profitable or it's something that makes it something that generates income for you. Yes. Uh, maybe if you are a non-professional, you 
aren't as really concerned about that as you are just wanting to have a roof over your head and get out of the weather. But quite honestly, you know, I'm in this to make money. It's my livelihood. But when I try to do a cost benefit analysis of this roof, I think it's really, it just comes down to, I just spent money to have it put up and it's not going to really make me any more productive or any more profitable. It's just going to make me more comfortable. But then again, how do you put a price on that? All right. So you're not, so you're saying the saying spend money to make money may not necessarily apply in your situation because whether or not that carport is there, you'll probably end up running your machine just as much. I think that is probably accurate. People, I, I put up a couple of videos about this on my YouTube channel. A lot of the comments were, you know, wow, that looks great. And think, you know, that now you can work in the rain. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't think I, if it's raining, I still won't be out there working, you know. Um, just working in the rain causes other problems. And I, I think it's just more of like a creature comfort. I am not supposed to be in the sun. And I think, too, having such an expensive machine, I think, like, especially my Yappa 405, I think it, it commands <laughs> kind of like a, a, uh, a throne, you know, <laughs> for it to sit on and putting that roof over top of it. I mean, gosh, that is just so nice to be there. It just establishes a presence of the woodyard from... Yeah, far, far away where people can see and they can say, you know what? That looks like a professional woodyard. There's no hobbyist yeah. working there. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you put up a roof on your play on your property then? Main reason was out of the elements and mostly to your point, the sun, believe it or not. Like that's the one thing because yeah, if it's, if it's blowing snow, if it's raining, I probably won't be outside anyway, but when it's nice out, it is, I've found it a huge benefit to be able to be out of the sun, in the shade, and whatever I want to do, I can, I can do it. Yeah. I, once upon a time, worked for a family-owned um, grocery store. They had multiple locations. And they, I still remember the owner one time because they were spending money to remodel their grocery stores. And, you know, the owner says there are a lot of things that you do in a small business like this that don't make pure financial sense. Um, you know, but when you're family owned or if you're a small business, you do it anyways. And I kind of had that in the back of my head when I was thinking of putting this roof up. Um, I don't see it where I'm going to recoup this money. It's just money that I've just spent to improve my operation, but it's not, I think it's just improving, um, uh, I don't know the comfort, you know, I guess you could say that it's going to make me more productive. I guess maybe I will work more in the afternoons now than what I normally do, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I don't see it as just this cold, hard um, decision to invest money into this operation and it's going to bring me a return. I don't see it happening like that. Well, I've got two words for you. Lay it on me. Right off. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there you go. Because that is yeah. something that I, you know, as much as I am labeling myself as a hobbyist, the side of the social media business, it was something that I could use to improve my working conditions, but then also gave me a write-off. But you just reminded me though, Dan, I go back to when, and I refer to myself, I am a recovering landlord. When <laughs> I when I used to own uh, rental properties, <laughs> you know, everything, everything is a write-off, but there are you know, there's the two types of losses, you know, when you're, when there's money involved, there's paper and then there's, you know, the, re the actual money that you're yeah. spending. <laughs> yep. So this was like actual money that came out of my bank account, you know? So yes, it's a write-off, but I'm also like, you know, where's my money? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this though, Dan, and that's where this gets back to the way I watched what you did. I know what you spent on your carport and your carport is a higher quality. It's probably the top of the line as it comes to carports, the VersaTube, uh, yes. they're top shelf. So mine's nice, but it's not built as heavy as yours, but I didn't really think that was necessary, but whatever. Mine was, uh, I think $2,000 cheaper than yours. And they built it for me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I, serious, I would have considered, had I not know, what I now know because of you, I would have been at risk of buying my own VersaTube building and putting it up myself. And uh, it, I don't, it, I don't think it would have ever gotten done. <laughs> <laughs> I just know how I operate. One frame would have been put together and then the rest would be in the box or on the pallet sitting there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would have been sitting, holding like, like one, pipe in one hand and one in the other and trying to read the directions and it doesn't fit you know <laughs> says the guy that can't get the christmas lights to work on the christmas tree each year well and then there's always that added like stress that you put on yourself because you you see the advertisements and you read online how easy these go together and at one to two days you can have it up and you know you can put it together in a weekend and then one day turns into two days and two days into three and all of a sudden you're on your fourth and fifth day. And you're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let's just get this over with. Yeah. And I look at it too, from just a pure production standpoint. Okay. So this, this building was built in four hours. However, it took five days away from my operation because I had to have um, the live deck cleared off because I had to move the live deck out. And then when it was moved out, we had all that cleanup to do. I had some asphalt grindings to get moved out of the way. And then I had to sit around and wait for the, for them to show up. And when they did, you know, they showed up and then yep. the next day it rained, you know, and then the next day <laughs> I had to put the live deck back together. And, uh, and I ran into some unintended consequences with that, which will, you'll see in my upcoming video. And, you know, then, uh, I had to wait for an item to get shipped from Wisconsin, from Metsa Machines, you know, because of the problem I ran into. So, yeah, just that one little simple thing turns into almost a week of downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you're you, so technically you're spending money to not make money and you're losing money at the same time. <laughs> Double whammy. Yeah, well, if I were an accountant, I would probably be upset and like be losing sleep over that. But, you know, that's what 
I have that motto is time is time. You know, time is not money in my opinion. No. Time is time. <laughs> so it's not like um, I'm not enjoying life while all this is going on. I can still deliver wood, but, you know, I'm trying to get this one pile of logs whittled through pretty quick. And, okay, so I'm a week behind. Yep. Well, now, yep. you know, the next day that it's raining, you can catch back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, see, now, if this were my hobby, I... You know, I mean, that's just, that's part of the whole process is just right. improving everything and making that yard nicer for me. And um, I've always said, you know, the difference between, like, if you're turning a side hustle, your hobby into a full-time business, I said the biggest difference between the two is that a hobby is everything that you do makes sense to you. Uh, if, when it becomes a business, everything that you do must make sense to your customer. So if you are trying to sell firewood, you should have firewood that's <laughs> produced and able to be sold, you know, and then not making it for an entire week could set you back. Well, I am in a tough position then because everything I do makes sense, makes no sense to me. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I have no idea what, <laughs> but just, so just a quick question. Did you, so do you have yeah. room then underneath, uh, the carport to park your tractor if you were to like leave for the day and have it out of the or do you have to always put it back in your container no i could put it underneath there the the thing too is i'm wanting my roof to be high up in the air yes and i think too because it is so high that i don't think you're going to be safe from like rain while you're underneath it because i think you know the rain could blow underneath it versus if it it was lower to the ground so i think that's probably going to be a reality also but it is open enough to where you know i could put a chair in there if it's a hot day or something i could you know have a place in there where i can get out of the sun take a nap take your siesta you won't have to drive home to take your nap anymore yeah i will say this too and you've probably experienced the same thing there is something about having a roof over your head it has totally changed the the feel of my yard and of my machine there's just something that's great about having that roof i love it yeah and and back to your point about you know not everything being a spending money to make money but yeah just that i don't know just that feeling like you said it's almost like uh it's almost priceless being able to just you know walk into the yard and beat that chest like hey look at me here man (laughs) Uh (laughs) well i think that there is a level to that as well when i think about the money that i spent on it and it was under four thousand dollars um it is priceless you know Uh, i don't i don't miss that money at all i think from what i got and how fast it got put up then the fact that i didn't have to do it uh is priceless and i mean it does it it really changes i think the perspective of the yard and i do think that you know there is especially if you are a retail because i'm not open to the public yet but when that day comes it it causes i forget the term that they use perceived value i think it's like if some of these restaurants if you ever notice if it's an upscale expensive restaurant like the doors to open to walk into the place are real heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they, yep. they do that on purpose because it sends like a subliminal message to you about value. Or the tables or the chairs are real heavy 
or the plates or the cups, you know, like you don't see paper plates at an expensive restaurant (laughs) or or cheap or cheap, you know, thin uh, silverware like you would get at a cafeteria. You know, their silverware is real heavy. It sends that kind of a message. And I think that roof kind of does that, too. If and when the day comes that I am open up to the public, it kind of creates like a credibility, you know. And, um, but again, that's another unintended consequence because I was doing it just to, for, to get the machine out of the, uh, out of the weather. And, and of course me. Yeah. And I, like I mentioned, you're going to love the fact of being out of the sun. That's the biggest thing that I noticed. And that's uh, the rain isn't as big a deal as the sun. Trust me. It's, yeah. it's way better to be out of the sun. Now I know you just mentioned that you weren't open to the public yet for firewood sales, but I think you're going to be open to the public coming up here for a day where people want to come and check out this new fancy carport they can, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we had, I'm, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary of being at my new location, which you've been there, Dan. Yes. And I don't, I mean, I hurt my shoulder the other day, patting myself on the back, but the, the, the location is awesome. Yes, it is. It, is awesome yeah it's just a great location so we had that open house and the turnout was awesome (laughs) everything about it was great and you were there and uh during that everyone was thinking i think you should do this again joe you know and so we decided that we're going to go ahead and have it again Uh, but per my personal belief that if you're going to do something it needs to be awesome needs to be exceptional it needs to be great. So I'm trying to improve the open house. And uh, we are going to make it more of like a Paul Bunyan style trade show, but just for Ooh. firewood. So we've come up with the official name and we'll be marketing it as this. It is now the International Firewood Expo. Ooh. And it's going to be at the Ohio Woodburner uh, Woodyard. And that is going to be on May 18th. 2024 mark your calendars everyone be there or be square we have a number of vendors or manufacturers that are have already committed to coming and the clue is in the title internationals that we got a number of companies coming from out of uh you know outside of the united states Uh, but um i will be giving out like some more concrete information here in the weeks ahead but I think you guys are going to be very impressed with who will be showing up and bringing machines. Very All impressed. Right. Well, I yep. am looking forward to it. I can't wait. And I will say, I'm not sure if that shoulder being sore is from patting yourself in the back or trying to start your Husky. Cause I think you <laughs> might have Husky shoulder, but uh-huh. we'll leave, we'll, we'll leave that up for debate later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dan. Well, good luck starting that, uh, 500. Oh, yes. All right. Well, Dan, thanks for bringing that up. But I am looking forward to the International Firewood Expo, and I hope that you're going to be there. You are going to be there, aren't you? Yep. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope to see uh, some listeners from the podcast there. And once again, thank you, everyone, for the milestone of 100,000 downloads. Yeah. That is awesome. Dan, I am just proud to be 50% of the Woodhounds podcast. Yes. Well, I am glad you're here 
50% in, even though this, and, and again, this is not, you know, spending money to make money, just like your carport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to the podcast. We are the number one firewood podcast in the world. And you can find us all over the place on all major podcasting platforms. And Joe, I got to say, the yes. sun's out. It looks nice out. You better get back to work. Yeah, I got to get back to work. So let me tell you then, Dan, to stay safe and stay under a carport and have a great day. Mm-hmm.